Inshallah, we will begin from verse number 177. We'll do a quick review of the part that we have done, and then Inshallah, we will continue. So page number 48 in your books. لَيْسَ الْبِرَّ أَن تُوَلُّوا وُجُوهَكُمْ قِبَلَ الْمَشْرِقِ وَالْمَغْرِبِ Righteousness is not that you turn your faces towards the east or towards the west. Meaning true righteousness is not just an outward display of just adhering to the rituals of Islam. Alright? What are the rituals in our religion? Some acts of worship that we have to perform. And many of them are outward in the sense that people can see them. Like for example, for a Muslim woman, when she wears the hijab, the hijab is visible. When a guy rolls up his pants, that's quite visible. I mean, these days it's kind of trendy, so it's not like it's a religious symbol or it stands out as religious. But when it comes to prayer, when it comes to looking for the qibla, all of these things are part of religion and they're all very outward. They're very manifest actions. So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tell us over here? That true righteousness is not just outwardly adhering to the principles of Islam. True righteousness is what? وَلَكِنَّ الْبِرَّ مَنْ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ True righteousness, a really religious person is who? The one who has first and foremost the right faith in his heart. And remember that Faith is not just what's in your heart. Faith is such belief that you live in your life. You see, when you start believing in something, that belief does not just stay in your heart. It comes out through your actions and through your words. Like for example, if you really believe that someone doesn't like you, how will you treat them? If you really believe that someone doesn't like you, that someone has a big problem with you, for whatever reason, how will you treat them? Will your actions show? Hmm? Will your eyes show? What happens? We roll up our eyes, every time we see them, we're like, <sighs> again, I have to deal with this person. Because you believe that this person has a problem with you. You may be wrong, but it comes out in your actions. Let me give you a better example, a nicer example. If you believe that someone really likes you, Hmm? then does your behavior change toward them? Yes. How do you treat a stranger versus a person that you are you know, on friendly terms with? Is there a difference? You could be sitting next to a stranger for an entire one hour and not say a word to them. Isn't it? Like for example, if you're taking the bus and you're sitting and somebody comes and sits next to you and you're in the bus for a good hour let's say, and that person is sitting next to you for an entire hour, you don't say anything, you don't look at them, you don't smile at them. Why? Because you don't know them. You don't want to interact with them. But what if you were sitting on the bus for an hour with your friend? What would happen? Other people would want that you just please be quiet. Right? So the point is that when you believe in something, it shows. So, A truly righteous person is the one who believes in Allah. So then their actions, their speech, their choices, all of them reflect that this person believes in God. He believes in Allah. She believes in Allah. وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ And they also believe in the last day. 
So when a person is living with this belief that there is an afterlife where I will be held accountable for my deeds, where there is eternity either in paradise or in hell, then what will happen? Will a person's actions change? Yes. Will their speech change? Yes. So a truly righteous person has the right belief. And the right belief is to believe in Allah to believe in the last day, وَالْمَلَائِكَةَ The angels, وَالْكِتَابِ وَالنَّبِيِّينَ In the books and the prophets. So this is the first thing. First characteristic of a truly righteous person. What's the second characteristic of a truly righteous person? وَآتَ الْمَالَ عَلَى حُبِّهِ That this person gives their property even though they love it. They give away their things, some of their things, even though they love their things. And I gave you some homework to do. Hmm? I gave you some homework. What was that homework? You had to give something. So did you practice that? Yeah? What did you give? So he's testifying for his brother that his brother got him a juice box. You might be like, well, what's the big deal? It's a big deal. Alright? Because when you want that juice for yourself... Because you're paying for it, but you are buying it for someone else, it's not always that easy. But a truly righteous person is doing good for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not for themselves, selfishly, because sometimes we do good to others because we get something in return from them. We do good to others, why? Because we expect something good in return. I'll give a gift to them so that they will give me a gift. I will help them out so that they will help me. I'll be really good to my mom so that she'll buy me what I want. I'll do everything my dad says so that he'll take me where I want to go. Right? Sometimes we do good. Why? To get something in return. But a truly righteous person does good in love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ala hubbihi. Because they love Allah. They want to please Allah for the sake of Allah. And who do they give to? The wilqurba. Who are the wilqurba? Close relatives. And this includes not just your distant cousins and your uncles and aunts, but the wilqurba also includes your? Who? Brothers, your sisters, your parents. In the case of parents, your children. Of course, your grandparents, grandchildren, etc. You can increase the circle. Okay? So they spend on their close relatives. وَالْيَتَامَى And they also give to the orphans. Now sometimes we do give to our relatives because either there's an obligation or you just want to do good so you see your family first and so you give them first. But a truly righteous person does not only give to their relatives. A truly righteous person also thinks outside the box. They also think about other people in need. Not just their family, but also other people in their community. And not just in their community, but all over the world. So they also give to the orphans. masakin and those in need. وَبْنَ sabil and the traveler. وَالسَّائِلِينَ And those who beg. Has it ever happened with you that somebody comes and asks you for something outright? Has it ever happened with you? Yeah? 
When did it happen? So he's giving an example of how once his friend came over and his controller, like a game controller, something, Xbox controller broke. So this guy had an extra one. So the friend asked him straight up, can I have your extra controller? So it's not always the poor and the needy who come and beg you. Please, we beg you, give us a dollar, give us a few cents. Sometimes a sa'il can also be a person like your friend or your sibling who needs something, who wants something, and they see you with it, so they ask you. Now the thing is that the Prophet ﷺ, whenever he was asked for something, he would never refuse. He would never refuse. And I mean, it's not like you cannot refuse a person. You can, but there is a way of doing it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, that وَأَمَّا السَّائِلَ فَلَا تَنْهَرْ That the sa'il, the person who's begging you, don't yell at them. Don't chase them away. Don't be mean to them. Right? And at another place in the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, that قَوْلٌ مَعْرُوفٌ That saying a good word is better than a charity that is followed by hurtful words. Meaning if you can't give something, at least say good words. So from this ayah we see that any sa'il, any person who asks you, if you are a truly righteous person, what would you do? You would not refuse them. And if you cannot give, or if you don't want to give, for whatever reason, then what is best? that you say good words to them. So can you make note of this? Either give to the sa'il what he's asking, or apologize nicely. Say something good. Don't say things like, oh my God, you're so greedy. Wow, are you really begging? Like seriously, you're asking me? Like don't say any mean words to them. If you don't want to give it, you could say something like, I'm going to have to ask my parents. I actually need an extra one because when my friends come over, then you know I need it for that purpose. Right? You could give an explanation. You could say something nice. But don't be mean. So, وَالسَّائِلِينَ وَفِي الرِّقَابِ And also in the freeing of the necks. And remember that this refers to slaves, people who have been enslaved. So, spending in order to set them free. Spending in order to set them free. So this is the second quality of the truly righteous people, that they're not selfish, rather they are generous. What's the second quality? They're not selfish. They are generous. Alright, what's the next quality? وَأَقَامَ الصَّلَاةَ And they establish the prayer. وَآتَ zakah, And a truly righteous person also gives the zakah. So now what do we see? They also observe... The rituals. Because, you know, sometimes people say that, you know, if you're a really good person, all that matters is how kind you are to people. You just have to be a nice person. If you're a nice person, you know, you treat others with respect, you are generous towards other people, you speak nicely, you spend on the poor and the needy, then you're a good person. When it comes to prayer, don't worry about it. No. What do we learn from this ayah? A righteous person cares about people and they also care about their duty to Allah. Remember that as people, we are obligated to be good to people and also to fulfill our duty to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
There are the rights of people and there are also the rights of Allah. Can you write this down? Rights of people and rights of Allah. And a righteous person fulfills both of them. What are the rights of people on us? What do they deserve from us? But we spend on them, we care about them. And what are the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That we worship Him. And the number one way in which we worship Allah is by praying salah. Praying salah. You can claim to be very good. You can be doing lots of good deeds. But if you don't pray salah, there is a big problem. There's a big problem. So, وَأَقَامَ الصَّلَاةِ وَآتَ الزَّكَاةِ وَالْمُوفُونَ بِعَهْدِهِمْ إِذَا عَهَدُوا And then the next quality is that a righteous person or a truly righteous individual belongs to who? The category of people who are المُوفُون مُوفُون is the plural of مُوفِن And مُوفِن is one who does wafa, And wafa is to fulfill completely, to give in full. So those who fulfill bi'ahdihim their promise or their covenant ahadu whenever they make a promise. Now there's two types of promises that we make. One type of promise is that which we make with people. Can you give me an example of that? What kind of promises do you make with people? Any example of a promise? So for example, he promises that he'll give two dollars to somebody next week. So what does it mean by fulfilling that promise? That when it's next week then show up with those two dollars. Hi? And if you start avoiding me, then there's a problem. Any other example? Okay. So for example, if you make an appointment for 10.30 at the dentist, for instance. And then what happens? At 10.15, you're like, oh my God, I don't want to go. And so 10.30, you're not there, and then your phone is ringing, and you just ignore it. And you ignore it again, and again, and again. And then eventually they just stop calling you. This is a problem because you took their time, you blocked out their time, you didn't show up, you caused them some loss. So any ahd that is with people, a truly righteous person fulfills that. A truly righteous person fulfills the promises that he makes. And secondly, promises with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What are some promises that we make with Allah? Okay. That we will worship Him. Hmm? Before we came into this world, we made this ahd with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is known as the ahd alast, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked all people, alastu bi rabbikum, am I not your Lord? And everybody said, qalu bala, shahidna, that yes, of course you are our Lord, we bear witness to that. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our Lord, and we say, ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah, I testify that there is no God worthy of worship but Allah. And then when it is time to pray, we don't get up and pray. Are we fulfilling our promise, our word with Allah? If we say that He is ilah, worthy of worship, and when it is time to worship Him, we don't worship Him, are we fulfilling our promise or breaking it? Fulfilling it or breaking it? Answer me. We're breaking it. Then we cannot claim to be a good person. A truly righteous, good individual is the one who fulfills their promise with people and with Allah. Then the next quality was sabirina fil baasai wa dara. Sabirina is a plural of sabir, and who is sabir? One who does sabr. So a truly righteous person is patient when in the time of baasa and in the time of dara, wahin al baas, and also in the time of baas. 
Now what does it mean by this? What is Ba'sa? Ba'sa is from the root letters Ba Hamza Seen. And Ba'sa is the opposite of Na'ma. Na'ma means blessings. Or you could say good times. Okay, When things are good. So the opposite of that would be Ba'sa. Which means when things are bad. When things are tough. When things are difficult. All right? And this could be in terms of money. This is why the word is translated as financial hardship. So it's extreme poverty. Extreme poverty. And also ba'sa is when there's difficulty in your circumstances. Like for example, there's a natural disaster. And we have witnessed many in the past few weeks and months all over the world. Where there's hurricanes and tornadoes and floods and earthquakes and fires. So people who are directly affected by this, what happened to them? Did they lose their property? Did they suffer any financial loss? Yes, the houses are standing, but everything in the house is ruined, destroyed because of the flood water. And for some people, their houses are completely gone. They cannot even go back to their street. Their city is completely destroyed. So this is Ba'sa. Now a righteous person is patient even in the time of Ba'sa. Now this is an extreme example. But even otherwise, if for example, you, you are suffering from some financial difficulty, that really there isn't enough money. No matter what you do, this is Ba'sa. So what is sabr in the time of Ba'sa? What is patience over there? What is patience over there? Remember I told you three ways of sabr? Three ways of sabr. What are the three ways of sabr? In doing good, in staying away from sin, and thirdly, in times of hardship. So this is that type of sabr. What kind of sabr do you need in hardship? That you control yourself from giving up. You stop yourself from giving up. You don't let yourself give up hope. And so you don't say anything that is negative or inappropriate. Did the Prophet ﷺ suffer ba'sa? The Prophet ﷺ had to migrate from Mecca to Medina. And when the Muslims migrated to Medina, could they bring along all their wealth, all their money? No. Many of them had to basically leave everything and go to Medina empty-handed. And in Medina, they didn't even own houses. They didn't own any land. They couldn't bring along their business with them. They had to leave everything in Makkah. That's how they came to Medina. In Medina, they had nothing. And so we learned that, for example, Aisha radiallahu anha said that for so many days, what would happen? The oven would not be lit up. Can you imagine? For so many days, the oven, meaning the oven on which you cook food, was not ignited, meaning there was no fire that was lit in it. Why? Because there was nothing to cook. For many days, they cooked nothing. And how did they survive? By just drinking water and eating dates. This is Ba'sa. But when we read the seerah, do we hear words of complaining by the Prophet ﷺ or his companions? No. So this is important, that in even financial hardship, First of all, we don't give up hope. We are hopeful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bless us. He will provide us. 
Whatever we have lost, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us something better in its place. And then secondly, we don't say things that are negative. So, sabirina fil ba'sa. Some people, what happens with them is that if they're afflicted by some disaster, they lose their faith in God. What crime did I ever commit that God has to be so harsh with me? Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have to send this disaster destroying so many people's livelihood, etc., etc.? They get upset with Allah. And then they stop praying. And they stop obeying Allah. Is that sabr? No. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is putting us in hardship, isn't there a reason? We discussed that earlier. Life is not meant to be a bed of roses. What happens when there's only sunshine? What's the result of only sunshine? Desert. Isn't it? All sunshine makes for a desert. So in life, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us sunshine and He also gives us cloudy days, rainy days, windy days, difficult days. There is ease and there is difficulty for reasons. So a truly righteous person is patient throughout their life, even in times of extreme hardship. What the ra? The ra is from the root letters dad ra ra. And the ra is hardship that you experience within yourself. So ba'sa is where? In your surroundings, in your circumstances, in your situation. And the ra is where? In yourself. Like for example, some disease, some pain in the body. Hunger that is experienced by a person. Emotional pain. Mental stress. Do we experience these things? Anxiety. These are all things that happen in life. So a righteous person is patient even in times of darra. But what happens with us? If we get sick, we think we have to do nothing good. I don't have to worry about praying or anything. No, a righteous person is patient through darra also. وَحِينَ الْبَأْسِ And also in the time of ba's. Ba's same root as ba'sa, ba'hamza seen. And ba's specifically means battle. And think about the time of the Prophet ﷺ, where the companions would have to go and participate in a battle with empty stomachs. Literally. They would have to go to battle because the enemy would approach them and they wouldn't have enough weapons to even fight the enemy. They didn't have enough manpower. You all know about the Battle of Badr? How many Muslims were there? Just a little over 300, right? And what was the strength of the enemy? How many were they? A thousand. And those thousand were well equipped. And these 300 were not well equipped. Now to go in such a battle is not easy. But did the Sahaba try? Did they do their best? That is patience. That is sabr. That when you are put in a situation and you feel that you cannot handle it, you feel that you're not strong enough to deal with it, you don't quit and run away. Imagine if a person in the midst of battle says, Oh my God, I'm too scared, I can't handle this, I'm going. Right? And they start screaming and running away. Then what would happen? They'd be defeated immediately. Isn't it? So sometimes, you know, we are also put in our own battles. Figurative battles. And in those situations also, what do we need? Sabr. Sabr means do not quit. 
Be brave. Put your trust in Allah and don't back off. Do what you have to and stay firm. So, وَالصَّابِرِينَ فِي الْبَأْسَاءِ وَالضَّرَّائِ وَحِينَ الْبَأْسِ Such people, Allah says, أُولَئِكَ الَّذِينَ الصَّدَقُوا Those are the people who are truthful. Truthful? Truthful in what? In their claim of righteousness. If you are asked to describe yourself, I experienced this many times when, you know, for example, I have to read things like when people have to write about their strengths, right? Their good qualities. So if you were asked to describe your good qualities, what would you say? What would you write? Generally, you know what word I see? Nice. People actually call themselves nice. And I'm not saying that they're not being truthful in that. What I'm saying is that it's easy to say, I'm a nice person. Or even if we don't say it ourselves, we like to hear it from people. But it's easy to say, I'm a good person. And difficult to prove it with your actions. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ الصَّدَقُوا Who are truthful in their claim of righteousness? Those who possess these qualities. They are truthful. And they're truthful also, how? In their iman, in their faith, in their belief. They're really, truly good people. وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُتَّقُونَ And those are the people who are truly people of taqwa. They're the ones who are on guard, guarding themselves, saving themselves, protecting themselves from sin in this world and protecting themselves from punishment in the hereafter. So they're the ones who will be successful. Let's listen to the recitation of this verse. لَيْسَ الْبِرَّ أَن تُوَلُّوا وُجُوهَكُمْ قِبَلَ الْمَشْرِقِ وَالْمَغْرِبِ وَلَكِنَّ الْبِرَّ مَنْ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ وَلَكِنَّ الْبِرَّ مَنْ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَالْمَلَائِكَةِ وَالْكِتَابِ وَالنَّبِيِّينَ وَآتَ الْمَالَ عَلَى حُبِّهِ وَآتَ الْمَالَ عَلَى حُبِّهِ ذَوِي الْقُرْبَى وَالْيَتَامَى وَالْمَسَاكِينَ وَابْنَ السَّبِيلِ وَالسَّائِلِينَ وَفِي الرِّقَابِ وَأَقَامَ الصَّلَاةَ وَآتَ الزَّكَاةَ وَالْمُوفُونَ بِعَهْدِهِمْ إِذَا عَاهَدُوا وَالصَّابِرِينَ فِي الْبَأْسَاءِ وَالضَّرَّاءِ وَحِينَ الْبَأْسِ أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ صَدَقُوا وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُتَّقُونَ